When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. I got news for you, and this thing I've learned, uh, the, the second you celebrate and start and, and start feeling yourself a little bit, this league has a funny way of humbling you. So I'll be right back to work tomorrow. Um, I got a lot, to, uh, a lot to correct personally, a lot that I could do better for our team. Uh, and our coaches, and, and we'll get back to work. And, and we've got an unbelievable challenge on the road Monday night football uh, next week against a really good football team. Dude, what what is his approval rating right now? <laughs> Kevin O'Connell. If you polled all Vikings fans right now, yep, is his approval rating ninety five percent right now? Is it the, is it the highest approval rating of any coach since Bud Grant in this current snapshot right now? Oh, you know, in 90, Den, Denny Green in about halfway through ninety eight. In ninety two, he he came here and and inherited the same type of team, right? Sort of down in the dumps, not great, stale. Yeah, and and he took that team to the playoffs, so that was a big one. Um, I'm trying to think. Tice, I would say, didn't ever get as high as O'Connell is right now. Like we did love Ticey at times, but I don't think he got that high, right? Brad Childress, I would Childress say, never, through the uh-uh. 07 season was a 90, 90 Yeah, his introductory press conference sabotaged <laughs> uh, him completely. Uh, uh, As Bud said, get closer to the mic. Like Brad's trying to do his press conference. My, Bud's uh, like, get closer to the mic. He just yells uh, at him. Am I close enough yet? How popular was... My mustache is touching the mic. How popular was Zim after they drafted Teddy and it felt like things were going right? It feels like Zim... Dude, with, yeah. Like, Best like, defense we in the league. That. We always but forget people that kinda, but he wasn't like a lovable, like Kevin O'Connell is just a guy that you would sit down with and he's like one of your bros that you would go on a golf trip with or something. Yeah, that's a good one. You know? It's like a frat bro. Like like too. Mike Mike Zimmer's a guy that you would sit down for like maybe a beer or two and then he would just, he's not very social. He'd probably just want to leave. But Kevin O'Connell's a guy that you would like hang out with for 72 hours in Vegas or something, you know? I guess, yeah. yeah. Um, anyhow, this is Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die here on Purple Daily. And boy, 538.com, the analytics and projection website, only has, after that win yesterday and everything else that played out in the league, only three teams have a higher percentage chance to win the Super Bowl than the Vikings this morning. <laughs> now, that, now, that doesn't mean that they are the, the fourth best team in the league. Yep. It means that, oh, they play in a weak division. They got a pretty manageable schedule, and they're also good, and the and they looked great yesterday. But um, that's really interesting. The show is presented by Surly Brewing Company. 
and also TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Um, enjoy more of the things you love with TCL, tcl.com. We're going to get to our hottest, strongest Vikings takes off yesterday's game. I have a pie chart of praise for you guys, mm-hmm. but we saw so many people showing us their cans, those glorious before-I-die tall boys from Surly inside that stadium yesterday. And mm. thank you very much. It, it was great. So I saw a Furious, and then here's, I guess, in the upper deck, I think, Logic Bond. So like Surly, Surly was was uh, was all over, double coverage, triple coverage of the entire stadium. It was great. But, yes, for all you, you folks who went and, heck, stayed home and showed us your Before I Die or just Surly Brewing Cans, much appreciated. Thank you. Continue to drink the beer of, well, for right now, potential Super Bowl champions, according One to what Phil just read. most likely team. Before I Die, available in liquor stores right now. All right, let's uh, let's do this here. This is a, a new feature here for the 2022 season. We we said, all right, what can we? How can we start off the Monday shows with just kind of a bang? I said, let's 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 layer it with emotion, and let's just give our hottest, strongest Vikings take off what we saw in those games. So mm-hmm. we'll start with Judd here. What is your hottest, strongest Vikings take? So we talked about this a lot on Ventline, but I'm going to reframe it. As, as my strongest take because it's just about the team in general. Uh, one player in particular, obviously, and it's this. My strongest take, and there's a comment in his press conference that proved this. Uh, if you listen to O'Connell's postgame presser, but Kevin O'Connell gets the fact that Justin Jefferson is the most important piece to his puzzle. He totally gets that. He's got a comment that said we don't want we don't want defenses to see him as the as the X receiver and then say, oh, okay, we're gonna double that guy. Kevin O'Connell basically and then he went on, and this was really telling to say, Adam does a great job. KJ, Irv, a lot of guys do a great job, but this is the guy. And for him to admit that up front and to tell the public that to me is so refreshing because there are a lot of coaches who would not, who would be like, everyone contributed and blah, blah, blah. But the realization both um, internally and externally that Justin Jefferson, this team, in my opinion, begins with him. And Kirk's important, but Justin Jefferson's so good, you can get him the ball. And O'Connell knows that. And that is the biggest revelation to me because there should never be a game where they just accept that Justin Jefferson has been stopped. They're going to find ways as they did on Sunday to get him open and to get him the football. So your, your strongest take is that Kevin O'Connell sees the light with Justin Jefferson. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I'm saying when, when we talk about the fact that Kevin O'Connell has introduced an offense that is a 2022 scheme Kevin O'Connell is doing it by saying we cannot allow the most important piece of our team to just be, to basically be nullified by us. I think I need more from you. This is your hottest, strongest take. 
Yes, that is my. I, strong- heard, I saw. I saw you tweeting Randy Moss comparisons yesterday in the heat of that game. But that. But my strongest take is this: Do you realize the step that this is for this oh, franchise? I realize. Do you understand <laughs> the? Fr- yes, I mean he is. I I've said this. This is the first time that I have heard the head coach frame this up in a way, and this is the most important thing. Like, because I, I can compare. I mean, I compared JJ to Moss last year, and you know what? It didn't matter because they didn't use him correctly. My strongest take is this. Kevin O'Connell got here, put in the film, and said, damn, we got to do more here. And he didn't say, well, feelings, feelings might be hurt. Or, you know, we got to get KJ the ball. Or what about the tight ends? He Everything they're doing offensively, this is an incredibly strong take, is going to rotate around number 18. <laughs> it's going to rotate around 18. This and that... Strong. And that, my this is friends, be strong. Wait for it. and that, strong. my friends, <laughs> people see that, that is progress for a team that previously has tried to share the wealth. And look, look, do you realize what a big de- deal it was for Kirk Cousins, for Kirk Cousins to complete three passes to Thielen? And Only what, three, yeah. 11 yeah, to Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you realize the step that was taken? The two best Buddies, the guy who is getting the ball all the time because, oh, my God, uh, I can trust 19. And 18's running a, a scary route there. That wasn't the case yesterday. They said take the scary route. Oh, but what's going to happen? But what's going to happen if 19's mad? They don't care. They have drawn a line and said this is how we win football games. And, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you what we saw on Sunday can be replicated. The last thing about that, too, is I'm seeing a lot today about. Blast off. I'm seeing a lot today about all oh, the, you know, the Packers did a very bad. Why weren't the Packers on Jefferson more? That blah. Do you think the Green Bay Packers game plan was to ignore 18? You know what they did? This is what we've talked about. Why aren't we talking about this now? They purposely did everything they could by putting him in motion, by calling out the Packers' plays to find out. They did everything they could schematically to get him in the matchups he got. And now we're like, well, Jair Alexander should have been on him, and, and, and the Packers are just at fault here. No, this was good coaching, and this is a player who is damn near unstoppable. That's a very strong take right there. (laughs) <laughs> Judd's like selling the take. Yeah. This is going to be strong. Wait for it. Wait for it. So I would actually sum up everything you just said there by like, this isn't going to be, this is a take that I have, but it's not going to be my official hottest strongest uh-huh. take. But to sum up everything you just said, I, it sounds like you're saying Kevin O'Connell in one game made Mike Zimmer look like a complete buffoon. Well, and Kubiak. Because Mike, Mike, and Kubiak, but Mike sure. Zimmer, but and ultimately like you are the head coach of a football team. Yes. And, and, and even if you're not, an offensive guy. Yes. It is your job, like from a macro, I don't need you to be involved in like the crafting of plays. Like ideally you are, and you're an offensive guy and Kevin O'Connell is. I'm saying if you're more of a defensive guy or a John Harbaugh, who's more of a generalist, right? Mm -hmm. I don't need you in the room, you know, drawing plays up in the dirt, but I need you from a macro perspective to say, Hey, um, so we're going to throw about 30 passes today, guys. You know, we made fun of Mike Tice for the Randy ratio back in the day. He was right. Oh God! And it yeah. worked. It worked, by the way, because those Vikings offenses were great. He was absolutely one thousand percent correct. Dude, those Vikings offenses were like top ten offenses yeah. in the three years of Mike Tice. Yes, but you go into these games from a macro perspective, and you need to say, "All right, we're going to throw the ball about you know twenty eight, thirty, thirty two times here today." I need at least one third of those to go to the best wide receiver in the NFL, and like how that was something that got lost. I mean, there were we, we talked about this on Ventline yesterday. 
they had a game against the Cowboys and then the Ravens back-to-back where I think Jefferson combined for nine targets across two games. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the deep, the, to your point, the defense, so what, are you, what are you supposed to do? They're putting two safeties back there. I mean, they're taking the, they're taking the deep plays away. And Kevin O'Connell yesterday said, I don't care what you guys are doing. We're going to find a way. We're going to line up. He was lined up largely wide right. I was tracking yesterday. But we're going to put him in motion. We're going to put him in the slot. We're going to put him out wide left. We will dictate how right. often he gets the ball, not you guys. Correct. And that was refreshing yesterday. Yes, absolutely. And and can you imagine if you went, if Kevin O'Connell was the coach here and Justin Jefferson had just been drafted and he fell to you and it's this glorious thing. Can you imagine going to Kevin and saying, hey, Kevin, here's the deal. I think we should start BC Johnson for the first two games. What? <laughs> I think we should start BC Johnson. Yeah. God bless him. Over Justin Jefferson for two games. <laughs> just think about the difference. It's like yeah. we've gone from from a record player uh, right to the iPod. newest, the newest, greatest. A yeah, yeah. Not not a bleeping CD. Like we have Spotify. skipped. We've skipped fifty five, sixty years here. It is yes. That we, is, we've got. We've got. We've gone great. from eight tracks to Spotify overnight. Yeah. Here is basically what's Amen. What's happening? Love it. All right. Here's my hottest, strongest take. And I and I agree with all the offensive stuff we just talked about, but the Vikings have the best pass rushing tandem in the NFL. Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith terrorized Aaron Rodgers yesterday. That play where Zadarius Smith was he was I think he was coming right up the A gap. And poor AJ Dillon, who's a big dude. I mean, AJ Dillon has don't what's his nickname? Don't they have some or I know Saquon has the thighs, but like AJ Dillon mm-hmm. has a ridiculous base. And he stepped up to take on a blitzing, full steam ahead, Zadarius Smith. Not blitzing, I guess. I, techn- maybe it was technically a blitz. I don't know. They've got this amoeba defense. And, dude, Dylan got knocked five yards back on his ass. And Zadarius Smith, and Zadarius blew up Aaron Rodgers on a play, too. They had a little chummy, chummy exchange afterwards. But people forget it wasn't that long ago, 2019. And these guys are both still in their 20s, right? Daniil Hunter is in his physical prime still, if they can stay healthy. In 2019, these guys were number one and number three in total pressures, according to Pro Football Focus. They combined for 200 total pressures in 2019. And and I think this is right, 36 sacks they were credited with combined not that long ago. Mm -hmm. And the question has been health, right? Well, can they stay healthy? Well, you know what? Week one, they were healthy. And I don't care if they were running a 3-4-4-3, if they were running whatever the hell defense you want to run. When those two guys are healthy, it's going to be really tough to throw the football. So I think the Vikings, low-key, have the best pass-rushing tandem in the NFL. As they go, so will will that entire Mm -hmm. defense go. There's no question. It's going to make everybody, you're going to relieve so much pressure on on your corners if they are out there. If they're not, you're probably in trouble. But yes, if they... If one of the two goes down, it's a problem, but I don't think it's a death knell. If they both go down, you're probably done defensively. I don't I don't think you've got the talent to take that step then. But that being said, yes. This Zedarius Smith could be one of the best ever Vikings by low acquisitions. Mm. Like if you get cuz cuz if he's healthy and he plays, he's, his stock is going to go up again by quite a bit. But um, the, the fact that, as we've discussed before, he had a deal with Baltimore, it fell through. My guess is because of his back. But if that guy can play, let's say, 15 games, 
it will be one of the greatest buy low acquisitions that this team has made. Mm. I see Stephen A. Smith and Michael Urban on my TV right now debating Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins and Vikings Packers, and I just wish I had a live audio feed of Stephen A. Smith so I can already see his <laughs> arms moving and things getting animated, and I just would oh, be dying to hear what his hottest take is on this uh, on this Vikings game. All right, I'll give my I'll give you my hottest take here. Uh, my hottest take after the Week One win is the Vikings are the kings of the NFC and the NFC North. Wow, this division. Wow. Is it going to be a gong show? Okay. Like, I'm a little surprised the Bears won yesterday, but at the same time, it was their home turf. They know how to play in that rain and wet a yeah. lot easier than the Niners do. And it was just gross. It looked like a. Trey Lance missed a couple open touchdown passes. The field looked like a Picasso painting. Like, it just it looked awful and messy. It, it, was, it was weird. Um, I know the Lions rallied a little bit there, uh, but they don't really necessarily scare me either. The Packers looked miserable yesterday. LaFleur and Rodgers looked so perplexed and so confused on what was going on. And I know it's overreaction Monday, but show me a team in the NFC this week that looked better than the Vikings. The Rams didn't look great on Thursday. The Bucks basically just passed the Cowboys because Mike McCarthy and Dak got hurt too. I didn't see a single team in the NFC that looked better than the Vikings in week one. The offense was as advertised. The defense wasn't perfect, but all the pieces worked, right? The pass rush got after Rodgers, four sacks. There's going to be some holes in the pass defense, some holes in the run defense. But if the pass, def- uh, but if the pass rush gets after the quarterback, that defense is going to be fine. Kirk Cousins made all the throws that Kurt Warner basically told him, dude, you can make these throws. You have the ability to do it. Don't check down early. Look across the board. You can find guys open across the field. You have too many playmakers not to do it. Mm -hmm. I thought this was everything that we thought the Vikings would be. And after an overreaction week one, I don't see a single team in the NFC that was better than the Vikings throughout the first slate of games. Unless the Seattle Seahawks come out today and blow the gates out of the Denver Broncos with (laughs) Geno Smith. Smith. Now you can call them the best team in the (laughs) NFC. But no, I didn't see a single team in week one that looked better than the Vikings in the NFC. I thought the the Buccaneers looked a little rickety, and the Cowboys are such a train wreck now, and Dak Prescott's going to be out. Yeah. The Buccaneers' defense looked... Yeah, and he's going to be back for several weeks, maybe even months. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't sleep on what the Eagles did on the road offensively against the Lions. Their defense was a little bit rickety. But in general, there is no clear number one team with, with the way the Rams came out. And they've missed... You know, you lose Andrew Whitworth to retirement... Odell Beckham Jr., and you're coming off a Super Bowl, getting older. So, yeah, dude, it's it's kind of amazing how the perception... It's one week, and the Packers looked as bad as they looked yesterday. They looked even worse in week one last year, and they came back and lost like two games the rest of the season. And so, guys will come back there, too. Yeah, back to, back to Ari's, yeah. I think, going to come back. I hasn't played in a half decade. Jenkins. But. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wuss. No. <laughs> I need at least a month. Like, I, I need to see... A month. The other thing is, I I really think that the Vikings are going to be very good at home. The road, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're going to be. They are now. Oh my God! Wait for it. They're using their home field to their advantage now because they've got big, big plays, yes, aggressive, yes. keep the crowd you in play it. indoors Dude. on turf yeah. with guys like Jefferson who can run all day. So yes, but uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm still going to pick the Vikings. I think to lose on Sun or on Monday. Because Philly's good. That's an incredibly tough environment. It's on grass. So I guess my question is, I think you're going to be really good at home on the road. I'm not as sure. That's my thing. Dude, if if they beat the Eagles 
and we don't know. It's just it's so early. It's good. It, it's probably going to be. A, I haven't seen the opening line yet, but my guess is Philly by two, two and a half, three, yeah. two, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, um, if they beat Philly, there's not many games on their schedule where you you're going to say yeah they are a decisive underdog going forward. At Buffalo, they will be a, an underdog, but they're not going to be underdogs. The Packers were like the best chance to win a game at home. Now, I, I still think they're going to slip up a time or two, even if they're a really good team. But yep. their their schedule plays out pretty favorably once you get the, these first two games are a, a tough stretch in the schedule. Packers, thirteen mm-hmm. win team, and Eagles on the road. So, all right, those are our hottest, strongest Vikings takes off yesterday's win. I have a pie chart of praise for you guys here, mm-hmm. slicing and dicing credit for yesterday's win, but. Uh, Let's shout out our friends at Prize Picks here for a second. So, you know, people people kind of laughed and mocked old Macadac when he put a screenshot out over the weekend saying, I think it's going to be a big week for the Minnesota running backs. And so I took Ibrahim uh, and Cook to, to hit the over on their rushing yards. I think it was a 120 for Ibrahim, uh, and it was a 69 and a half for Cook. They both hit the over. And so old Macadac celebrating here. Very happy Prize Picks. All you do is you uh, pick between two and five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to ten times on any entry. You can do you can do mixed sport entries as well. You can help the show by entering the promo code NORTH. Price Picks will give you a $100 bonus on your first deposit with the promo code NORTH. PricePicks.com and the Price Picks mobile app. Mm-hmm. Um, also, hello to our friends at the Minnesota State Lottery back for another season on Purple Daily, Judd Zolgad. That's exactly right, Phil. The Vikings won on Sunday, and guess what? You can win today, and you can win big. How much? $10.2 million in total cash prizes. It's time to go big with the lottery's big-ticket scratch game. It's so big, big it has huge second-chance prizes, too. The lottery, you know what? Say, I'm, I'm in, because today I stopped buying when I got my morning coffee. I said, I'm in. Look at that, folks. All right. $10.2 million. If I win this, well, I'll probably work tomorrow but and the point is 10.2 million dollars and look at this you can save this thing too nice little what vikings colored tickets must be 18 or older to go big at 10.2 million in prizes from the minnesota state lottery with their vikings scratch game also tell the audience how you've been able to lose 40 pounds and keep it off since the beginning of last football season that of, that is a Thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. I said weight control. It is not a diet. It is a lifestyle change. And I'm going to tell you right now, dropping the weight was simple. The most important thing and the thing that I'm doing now is being able to keep that weight off. Dawn has joined me. She's down 16 plus pounds. So the Zolgad household down 50 plus pounds. Feeling great. Our clothes fit far bit better. They're not as snug as they were. And now the offer to join us, to join the Zolgads on this train to weight loss. Eight weeks free. Eight weeks free. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com is your source for the weight loss you want. Are you guys ready to dish out some slices of praise? Let's get yeah. it. Now on Mackie and John. You wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on. The pie chart of praise. You should be singing his praises. All right, boys. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. This season, the, the biggest change here is we will still have the pie chart of blame and praise, but we're going to rotate it around uh, the three of us so we're not just doing like, you know, a half hour of the same pie chart every single week. So I will give you my pie chart of praise. Mm-hmm. I have five slices. And then at the end, you can tell me if uh, 
if you enjoyed consuming the pie, if I was missing an ingredient in there, if there was maybe a little bit too much salt over here. Um, let's start with, uh, I'm going to start with the smallest slices here. I'm going to work my way up to the to the biggest slices. Love it. 5% to Aaron Rodgers for being a reclusive weirdo and for Christian Watson for <laughs> having hands that are ping pong paddles. Wow. All of that kind of stuffed into one. So, uh, not exactly ideal when your rookie wide receiver drops a would-be 75-yard touchdown reception on the first offensive play of the game for the Packers. But then Aaron Rodgers has become such a weird, wishy-washy personality. He just kind of disappears in the offseason, goes on these self-discovery, which is fine. Like, go discover yourself, and that's great. I mean, you're 40 years old and still trying to figure out who you are as a person. Um, that's fine. That's fine. But he clearly has zero chemistry with any wide receiver not named Randall Cobb on that team. In fact, he was asked by Greg Olson, the color commentator for that game yesterday, in the the prep like the day before. He said, yeah, I asked Aaron Rodgers, would you rather have 10 Randall Cobbs, so basically 10 over-the-hill veteran wide receivers, or would you rather have 10 young guys that you can mold like the Christian Watsons of the world? He said, oh, I'd rather have 10 Randall Cobbs. So he's just make, he's making no concerted Effort to, and then when when a guy makes a mistake, he just like rolls his eyes, and and I would be annoyed too, but I think his wishy washy personality also drove Devonte Adams to be like, all right, I got to look out for my future. I don't know, is this guy going to play? Is he not? Yeah, I'm going to go get into a more advent, yeah, I'm going to go get into a more advantageous situation here, at least for me, long term, so I know who my quarterback's going to be mm-hmm. for the next five years. So just the whole the, the dropping of that first pass the Aaron Rodgers personality lack of chemistry it all feels weird he in green bay right deep now. too he he just is like yeah. okay if that didn't work screw it i'm going to prove a point i don't trust anyone i'm just going no, short. you still have to throw that pass <laughs> aaron yeah. jones catch this ball it's 8 yards so uh all right uh 10% and people are going to kill me for not giving enough credit here but 10% to kirk cousins who was magnificent yesterday all right, he and, and all, a lot of this is part of scheme, and we're going to get to that too. But he made sure Justin Jefferson got the ball, and even if it was just marching orders from Kevin O'Connell, hey, tell me what you want, coach. He executed it to perfection. Go hunting deep down the field a couple times for Jefferson. Leverage those crossing routes. He moved around really well in the pocket. He stepped up on that one sixty-four yard play down the field. Ran up, yeah. It was. I mean, that was peak. Kirk Cousins yesterday. I think if you could somehow get that like 14 times this season, maybe this MVP talk isn't uh, that far-fetched. Yeah, it is. But anyway, that. But I will say this. I think you're low. <laughs> I want to hear the rest of, of this chart. I want to hear it. Okay. I, I actually do think, I think given what he did. It's hard, dude. There's a lot of pie to, to be dished 10% out. 10% is too low. Is too low. Okay. Keep going. Okay. All right. Well, I got to give something to the defense. The defense held Aaron Rodgers in single digits for the first time ever. That was one of the great regular season defensive performances we've ever seen in my life watching. I mean, it's not seven Aaron Rodgers, seven points at Donatel, baby. It's nuts. So 15 percent. I'm again, I'm going to be missing some guys here, but I got to go 15 percent to Zadarius Smith and Neil Hunter. And I guess the Ed Donatel, you know, moving of the chess pieces, but. Specifically, those two guys for reminding everyone when they're healthy, they are the two, yep. two of the five, but together probably the best pass rushing tandem now in the NFL. 
the amount of times that they were able to make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable and then open up for other guys to make plays was uh, astounding yesterday. And the fourth and goal, or I think it was at the one, was absolutely huge because that ties the score. Like that game. Yes, that was huge. There's two plays that I think if the Packers had executed them could have made the difference in that game. The Watson drop, because that's a touchdown, first play, and ties the score in that play. And the stop there was a nice stop. Like that that's a play where it felt like the Packers based that that run play on what they saw from film a year ago, didn't it? And to your point about he walks in a year ago. Yes. And to your point about just like film and like on the offensive side of the ball, you can maybe see if you're the Packers, the Vikings put nothing on film in the preseason. I guess you could look at some of the uh the fan film from like the night practices and stuff, you know, from from uh training camp, but if you're the Packers defense, you really weren't sure how Kevin O'Connell was going to use the offensive chess pieces. You're right about that. Yes, I agree. So the Vikings had a huge advantage going in, Yep. and maybe, maybe that advantage starts to dwindle a little bit once teams get tape on the Vikings here, and then they're going to have to counter-adjust. But that brings me to my fourth slice of pie. The Rock knows how yep. you feel about pie. 20%. So now we're up to 50%. Goes to Kevin O'Connell for his aggressive spot-on play calling, and his willingness to keep throttling down. Passing the ball early to set up the run, too. They threw eight times in ten plays on the first drive and said, you know what, we got weapons here. Let's just chunk the ball down the field. Mm -hmm. And then how successful they were in the passing game early led to openings in the run game later on. And Dalvin Cook winds up with a nice little day. And Alex Madison, they both, you know, they combined to go over 100 yards. So I think just it, it felt... This isn't very scientific, but it felt like Kevin O'Connell, for all the questions, oh, you know, Sean McVay called the plays. Does KOC, KOC had a great rhythm for what that, what the flow should feel like over the course of three hours. Absolutely. And and how long did McAdack pound this table where I am sitting right now and say, keep going, keep going, keep scoring. Yes. You know, be aggressive. Don't, don't just say, oh, man, we got a 17-point lead. Let's call off the dogs and have our defense, right? Like, how long? When, when did that start? That it just became apparent that the Vikings were going to to try and lean back on their defense. And I think by last year, it just bit them in the ass over and over again. Yes, there was a general between Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins, and both of them are well documented. And, and you know, there, there's that famous clip of Kirk sitting next to Washington Kevin O'Connell as the quarterback's coach like five, six years ago, in which they were up by like seven or 14. And, and Kirk is sort of, you know, he's just opining to Kevin O'Connell, boy, it's, it's kind of hard to play with these leads because you don't want to give it away. Your instinct is to be conservative or whatever. And O'Connell's just like, yeah, I mean, we got to got to stay aggressive. And then Mike Zimmer is on right. the record multiple times saying he likes to keep the games close. It's like, no, Mike, defensively you want to keep the game close, but if you have a chance to jump out to a big lead offensively, you should throttle down. But it was like the instinct was, oh, we're up 7 nothing. Let's, okay, all right, we got a lead. Let's uh, let's try and win this game 7 to nothing and see what happens. Like, no, you're, you're going to need to get to like 28 points to feel comfortable. So get there. And the Vikings yesterday, I have a stat to go along with this. In the first, the second half, we can nitpick this later. Like the offense dropped off a little bit, but in the first half, they were like, "Let's get 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 the twenty point lead. Let's the twenty point lead is going to make all the difference. Defensively, it's going to be easier. We're gonna we're gonna take away their run game. Get to the twenty point lead." 
And yesterday, they took a 20 to nothing lead early in the third quarter. By my count, that was only the third time in the last 41 games the Vikings have had a 20-point lead at wow. any time during a game. I buy that, yeah. That goes back to like the middle of the 2019 season. Yep. They just they haven't been known for stomping out opponents. And yep. hopefully Kevin O'Connell brings that energy, which is guys. And Adam Thielen said after the game, too, he said, this is the first offense I've been in since I've been in the league where it's just been a relentless attacking, regardless of the situation. Yep. Now, did it? You know, did it? Did it fizzle a little bit? Yeah, but but they built enough by attacking in the first half where they could go through a lull in the third quarter. Right. But but, the, but then the defense's job is so much easier when you're up by twenty. But it didn't fizzle because they wanted it to, and that's the the most important thing. Yes. Like they'll dissect the why. So it's not like, uh, yeah, it's okay, it's fine. I guarantee you. I think in this day and age, if you can run up the score, most coaches will. Because it's never safe. It's never, you know, unless yeah. you're up by 40 on just a terrible team. But, like, when you're playing the Packers, you never say, oh, that field goal is just fine. <laughs> so so yeah. the thing I like is I think that, that when they go back and watch this film today, for sure, they're going to dissect the why of why it didn't continue and actually try and fix that. Yeah. And that brings us how you feel about pie. to the final piece of pie. 50% goes to John and Elaine Jefferson for funny. procreating one of the greatest wide receivers to ever step foot in the National Football League. <laughs> John and Elaine Jefferson had a romantic night sometime around mid-September 1998, by my math. And on June 16th, 1999, a future Hall of Fame wide receiver... <laughs> was brought into this world. His name is Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, in a different way, does have a Randy Moss quality about him. Moss was more straight-line speed, beat you over the top, use my six-foot-four height and my vertical to out-jump you. Yep. Justin Jefferson is more, I'm going to dance around you with my route running, and I'm going to... I think the average Ollie. route, he was open by like four and a half yards. Kevin Seifert found via ESPN Stats and Info. Yes. So some nice. of it's scheme, but like he just gets wide open all the time, even when the Packers are trying to pay attention to him for the entire football game. And the thing that he does so damn well, and it's impressive, is he's not only super um, gifted as a player, he is super smart as a player. And that's why, I mean, he gets, he sees things and he runs routes that are brilliant. And I think that's the difference. So it's not like, um, yeah, I mean, I sort of ran the wrong route, but I'm that that good. He, I think, yeah. runs the right routes and is as talented, probably, as you could possibly get. So, like, it's the perfect combination. And it's why the scheme now, it's what drove you crazy about the previous scheme. This scheme works for him. Why? Because they're going to find ways. Because you never say a superstar, oh, he's gone from the game now. That's what I loved about yesterday. The Green Bay Packers didn't ignore him. The Green Bay Packers got done in by him and a scheme that essentially teams are going to to try and catch on to defensively. But I guarantee you, what's the most important thing in pro sports? The adjustment to the adjustment to the adjustment. So what's coming or next? Or the adjustment to the adjustment to the adjustment exactly, to the adjustment. Exactly, but you just keep going back and forth. But I mean, I I love this whole thing of well, this team adjusted. What were you going to do? You were it, once they adjusted. No, the whole part point is to have people smart enough to scheme up another yes. cycle. So like that's where this is going. That's 
the I don't think that this is a Super Bowl team, but I will say this. This is a very encouraging thing to watch from a coaching and player standpoint. So uh, with that, congratulations to John and Elaine Jefferson for spawning one of the greatest, most perfect football specimen you could possibly create, Justin Jefferson. So 50% to the Jefferson genes, 20% to Kevin O'Connell, 15% to a ferocious pass-rushing tandem that held with help from all of their co-workers and teammates, the Packers, in single digits, 10% to Kirk Cousins for being magnificent yesterday, and 5% for just Packers' Packers awkwardness and not having their stuff ready to go, led by Aaron Rodgers. So... So with that, I mean, listen, I'm you not give trying Kirk to slight Kirk Cousins here, but... You got to give Kirk a little more. You got you to give Kirk a little more. Okay. Take a little bit so away you're, from you're, the you're Jefferson. take away from Jefferson? Take a little bit away from the Jefferson. I mean, 50 percent's a huge chunk of the pie, and he deserves okay. it. But, I mean, someone did... The, the fact that the 40, what, two-yard completion by Kirk... But he was wide open on, like, all of those catches. So, But, the 40, but Kirk did a great, Kirk did a great job po- stepping up in the pocket. In the pocket, sure. though, yeah. I mean, we talk, How long did we talk about the fact that Kirk doesn't make that play? Yeah, like, I, I, that's why he got part of the pie. And I know, but I'm giving him a bigger He's very part. good yesterday. Dex, 15% fair, 20%? Yeah, I think I think he got up into 15 to 20. And the defense was great. Don't be wrong, but I, I don't look at yesterday's game and say I, I think the defense outshined as a whole more than Kirk Cousins did. I think Kirk played better than what the defense was able to do yesterday. Well, here's the thing about that, too, because so many fans have just, like, put this binary, but the defense... Yeah, but the defense. Well, what do you, what's you know what are you supposed to do? Defense. Yesterday was a. Sh- We've been talking about this for two years. Yesterday was a shining example of how offense mm-hmm. can help defense. <laughs> the Vikings again. This was the third time in forty-one games that the Vikings have taken a twenty-point lead in a game. And by the way, they weren't going three. The Vikings led the league in three and outs last year by just putting pressure on the opposing defense, getting a lead. At home, you make your defense's job so much easier. The oh, Packers God, yeah. were running the ball really well yesterday. The Packers averaged like six plus yards per carry on the ground. Yeah, but much. they had to ditch the run game because they were behind by three touchdowns. Yes. So bravo to the. I agree with Declan. You look at the box grade and say, well, the defense held the. The offense jumped out to an absolutely crushing lead for the Packers. And the Packers were then forced to be, get one dimensional and do things that felt uncomfortable against a pass rush that knew they were going to pass. Yep. And the defense so, also, well, well, statistically against the run, they weren't great. I will say this in watching that game. The defense also came up with some incredibly big stops. Like, I, I think we gauge at times too much on stats, right? Now, if you yeah. are now if you are hemorrhaging yards, yeah, you're screwed. I get that, but I'm just saying. I think sometimes we look at box scores or stat sheets or or, or grades, and we like try and assess the entire game. But if you watch that game, that defense came up with some huge timely stops, and and that's what turns the stadium towards you. And so the fans get excited, and now it's really loud. So like, I really, I thought that the. Um, I thought that the way that game looked, if you're the Vikings, you're very happy with. Yeah. You know, I'll statistically. That, that's Judd's hottest take right there. Yep. The Vikings should be happy yesterday. And, no, it's not. Oh, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. My hottest take will always revolve around 18. I am definitely a stand now. I love greatness, man. I love superstars. Dude, it is so fun to watch. I love superstars. Uh, we have way more to get to here on the show, including sad Packer fans. 
and also some nitpicks. We're always going to balance it out. So when the Vikings lose, we do silver linings. When the Vikings win, we do some nitpicks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you if you can't handle a little little nitpicking here and there, let's actually let's let's get to Packer Ventline first. Uh, after we shout out our friends here at Nutrisource, the official dog food of yeah. Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd. Boy, I mean, you want to talk about happy dogs here? This, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, oh. this is Maya Mackie licking oh. her chops, dancing around, ready for her Nutrisource chicken the and tongue. rice. Judd. The tongue is the best mm. part. That is awesome. Now, now she's young. What? Stella's like uh, twelve, and so she's not young. But I'm going to t- tell you, since she started on. The Nutrisource lifestyle and plan. You know what she is? She's happy. Girl. She's spry. She runs around a-, a ton. Most importantly, at her <laughs> age, the gut health is good. The gut health is great. So yes, I I would say for dogs young or old, like my dog Stella, that the most important thing is that they're healthy, happy. The uh the their guts are in great shape, and that is Stella. Oh, who's a good girl? Who's a good girl? Yeah. The gut health, man, it's very important. There's nothing worse than New- a dog with bad gut health. No, or or a human. Or We're a all human, trying to work yeah. on our gut health. I'm telling you, Nutrisource. Nutrisource is a third generation family owned company operating out of Perm, Minnesota. You can find out where you can get Nutrisource for your dog at NutrisourcePetFoods.com. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Also, hello to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Been around for over a hundred years, helping business owners. They're like a great offensive line, and I'm curious to see what some of the PFF grades say. But the offensive line, they had Ed Ingram had a couple bad moments, but overall, it felt like there were some clean pockets for Kirk, some good running lanes. Uh, that's pretty much what Federated creates for your business: clean pocket, good running lanes. You can maximize the success of your business. Find out um, if your if your business fits into one of the industries that Federated protects at FederatedInsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Let's hear. From some sad Packer fans, we call this Packer Vent Line. Go, Pack, go! And he is there to block Zedarius Smith, which they do. And he's going to run bomb! Oh, no! It's a bomb to Christian Watson! And he drops it! No! Oh, my God! No! Oh, oh man, that just killed me. He had it, and he dropped it. Oh, my God, he was wide open. No! (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) Oh, my God. So that dude so watches that, that the dude games just and just reacts. The games. Yeah, I mean, yes. we'll, we'll play a little recap too from Aaron Nagler, who does uh, Cheesehead TV as well, and they do the same thing. They just like watch the games. They have a watch party on, and then it's just their reactions. <laughs> Remember last year when they thought Kirk threw that game-ending pick against the Packers, That's and then right. it, then it got turned around, and That's they right. oh, Gus yeah. is gonna give you one. Oh wait, it's it's coming back. It, the, right. he, did, he did not. That's give up. right. Cousins gonna give you, you one. one. Didn't know. Didn't happen. <laughs> Sad Packer fans. Mm. Go, Pack, go! But the Packers never really showed any fight in this game. I mean, A.J. Dillon was pretty much the one guy, the one player who played like he had any semblance of any kind of heart and want to and desire. For the most part, though, felt like they mailed it in. 
And well, I don't know what it is about Matt LaFleur's teams, but you know, they get punched in the mouth. They do not respond well. You get down 17 nothing at half. This is not a team that you think, oh yeah, they're definitely coming back. No doubt about it. It's very subdued. Mm-hmm. Very Magler. Mm-hmm. It is true about Packer teams. They're they're it's the Aaron Rodgers Packers teams, front running teams. When everything's going great, Rodgers is, yeah. You take a lead, you That's pile him. on. He's not a fourth quarter comeback guy like some of the other great quarterbacks. You know, the Vikings defense punched them in the mouth. It reminded me of some of those San Francisco Packers games, actually. Yep. He gets very pissed off and and defiant about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. There's your Packer vent line here. We'll give you some more Packer vent line on Mackie and Judd, too. Just uh, That's our other daily podcast. But uh, every single week, you know, we keep it balanced around here. When the Vikings lose, we give you silver linings. When the Vikings win, we give you nitpicks. Can we... I will self-report here. All right, okay. I tweeted something this morning that is. Oh, a lot of people are yeah. upset with what I tweeted this morning. It wasn't really necessary. Let's, let's roll the clip from the locker room here. We have okay. this right. Yep. Kirk Cousins in the locker room. Yep. Okay. Where's Quasey? Quasey, get up here. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. guys who have played in the league long enough know this, and I believe strongly, everything rises and falls on leadership. The speed of the leader, speed of the team. Yes, sir. All right? These two guys are running this organization. Yeah. All right? And we're going to go as far as they can take us. Yeah. All right? All the, way. All the way. All the way. This was the first win. As these guys leading us, this is their first win. Yeah. So game balls to both of you. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was an amazing, great moment in the Vikings locker room, and uh, I couldn't resist. I it was a great moment, but I just thought it was kind of funny because people are like, you know, hey Mackie, hey Judd, you think Kirk's not a great leader? This listen, like the best version of Kirk is going to be realized under better leadership here, Kevin O'Connell. But I just found it funny that in a moment of hey, this can be a we thing, and he and he's trying to highlight how much he likes the the new leaders, but he just you know. We're going to go as far as they take us. All the pressure is on those guys right there. This guy right here, this guy right here. And I just found it, I don't know, I just found it kind of funny. Instead of it being a we thing, said, we're going to go as far as they want to take us. Yeah, it's very good. I'm probably, I'm probably overreacting or whatever. I don't want to make a thing 10% of it. 10% of the credit I did, I did on Twitter today. Now this. <laughs> yeah, Mackie. You got to, you got to, come on, man. So, come, <laughs> come to the Kirk bandwagon. We're all getting hey, on. Hey, everyone. Everyone, it's not about the it's not about the players. Yep. It's as far as they can take us. And so if something goes wrong, you know who to blame. You know what? <laughs> I'm glad for Quazy. I'm glad for Kevin. I'm glad for the Wilfs. I'm glad for them all. But yesterday there should have been one game ball given out. One. Justin Jefferson, come on down. Can we confirm? Was he not given a game ball? I have ball? no idea, but if the Wilfs got okay. him. Well, the well, Will, I, no, but I'm saying. Let's confirm no. if he got no, one. No, I'm saying, but he should have gotten the only one. He should have gotten okay. the one and only well, game Kevin ball. Kevin won his first NFL game. You know I think what? You That's need a, great. A game ball for that. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl gets you the game ball. You win Super Bowl, you get the game ball. Coach. For what? For your first win as a coach? I'm just your first win as a coach is fine. worth okay, more of a I'm game just, ball than I'm Justin Jefferson. I'm just saying I want Jeff. I want Jefferson to get the only game ball. That's all I'm saying. Okay, no credit to Kevin O'Connell. No, he gets credit. He did a great job. But he's got a superstar. Uh, and, any other nitpicks from you guys yesterday? Yeah. Just things that, okay, it was a great day for Vikings football, but let's... I know. got one. 
Yeah, for 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 me too. It was it was the run defense, which just continues to get gashed a little bit. Um, you know, I think realistic and Randy and I talk about this over the last few weeks, but we got Vikings fans got spoiled for such a long time with the Williams wall that was so dominant. Linval Joseph, even after that, they did a great job at stopping the run for basically like a fifteen year stretch, and at one point was the best run defense, historically great. And in the last few years, it's just kind of been a sieve completely. And last night or yesterday, I should say, 6.2 yards per carry against, and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon kind of ran all over them. Now, the Vikings built such a big enough lead that the Packers basically had to abandon the run, so it didn't it didn't shipwreck the game by any means. But if a team comes out, especially a guy like Jalen Hurts, if a, if a team comes out and rushes them to death at the beginning of the game, that's going to make their offense so much easier to set up, and the Vikings have to figure out a way to clog up that middle better and prevent uh, big runs from happening. I actually think it felt like, and I don't, don't know if the stats bear this out or not, it felt like the perimeter is where they got exploited a bit more. I feel like the the there were a couple of runs up through the A-gap, but it feels like they also had more success to the outside, and that means you're going to have to start to set the edge, boys. <laughs> set the damn edge. Play the sounder, please. I, I got him. The football sounder. Ahead, I just said sorry. set the age. Sorry, PFF grades just came out, yeah, so I'm, very I'm looking through some stuff here. Nice. Um, very interesting. Mm. Okay, I, I've got one nit, and my nit is actually going to be preceded by some praise here. This didn't get talked about much. Kevin O'Connell had, and I, he did say specifically a couple of times that he is going to try and clean up his own job, didn't do as well as, as he wanted. I don't know if that's play calling or exactly what, but anyway, uh, his management of the game was fantastic. We have no timeout debates. We have no challenge debates. Like, think about that. And and I think when they don't occur, we ignore them. So we probably should praise him by saying for his first game, he did a really good job of just flat out managing the game while calling plays. But that being said, there was one thing I saw that I, I just would have liked at home as a dagger move. Because he, da- he tried to dagger a lot, but in this case, he didn't. You're yeah. up you're up by 13 in the second half. You're at your own 45 and it's fourth and 2. I'd like to see you go for it. I'd like to see you go for it there. I think you're going to get it. I think you're going to get it there and and it's not just that one play. It's the statement of we are going to put the knife in you and bury it. So it's not like a big one, but but it was the only play for that I really saw and said, you know what? His aggressiveness I really like, but this is a place to do it. You, are you talking about you're talking about the one that was at midfield or the one that they kicked the field goal? Midfield. Midfield. Okay. Fourth yeah. and two, 45. Their their yeah. own. Yeah, yeah. But they yeah. punted and the Packers were on their heels by that point. And and like I just I love the idea of your offense taking away the opponent's will to try to win. Yeah. I want them to go home. Taking away the will to win is football. a great footballism. Right. I had two, two nitpicks, one broadcast related, and I, I like Kevin Burkhart. I like Greg Olson. It just that that is that slot for twenty years has been Troy Aikman and yeah. Joe Buck, and now we're going to get them on Monday Night Football, and the game just didn't feel. I didn't feel like the number one team on Fox, and they were caught in a tough spot because like they, the Joe Buck Troy Aikman thing kind of came up. You know, a year before Buck's contract was up, and I think they're probably just keeping it open for like Tom Brady or yeah, it's, somebody else that can come in. So I don't know that those guys are going to be the number one team, but it just that didn't feel like a number one team. Interesting, matching the moment yesterday. I agree. I, I think it's a placeholder for now. Like it just it 
well, Tom is fine, but yeah, like I, I think the second that Tom stops playing, he's supposed to take Olson's job. The play-by-play job, I think, yeah. is going to Burkhart. Like I think he's yeah. there to stay. That's fine, and that you know, and they have to groom someone. You know, I'd love to see Kevin Harlan get get a. I mean, Kevin oh. Harlan's been like a number two or a number three, right behind Jim Nance. I would love to see Harlan get one of those prime spots. Yep. But uh, but my other nitpick was just you know last year and generally under Mike Zimmer and the Kubiaks, the offense gets off to a hot start, and this bears out statistically too. They were actually one of the better first quarter offenses in the league, and then second half offense takes a dip, especially second quarter, fourth quarter offense takes a dip statistically. So um, that kind of happened yesterday again, where they jump out, hey, here we go, and then they only score, what, six points in the second half. So finding a way to score more in the second half and widen that lead in the face of defensive adjustments. But again, you had such a great first half that it wasn't required to score 20 more points to to win that game. So uh, PFF, real quick here. We can, we can do more of this on the episode tomorrow, too. Offensive line, Christian Derrissaw, very, very good, especially in pass protection. Ezra Cleveland, really good across the board, both pass and run blocking. Brian O'Neill, excellent run blocking, fine in pass protection. Ed Ingram and Garrett Bradbury combined to give up nine pressures. They were atrocious in pass protection yesterday, according to PFF. Uh, a 31 grade out of 100 for Ingram, a 27 grade out of 100 for Bradbury, which is par for the course for him over his career. So offensive line was kind of a mixed bag, but in general, well, the, the, there was a couple weird spots with Ingram, but the Bradbury thing is just a continuation of his entire career so far. Yeah, uh, so I think they did, and I don't know what, but f- film will show this. I think that they made some adjustments to help Ingram in the second half. Because for a large portion yeah. of the first half, like he oh, was getting yeah. trucked and it was bad. And and in the final two quarters, it felt like that pretty much stopped. And again, I think that this is them creating workarounds to fix it. Like, because that's yeah. the thing. If you go back to the last two years, how many adjustments were truly made? Like, you have to do something. You cannot start Bradbury and not help him somehow. Dude, here's a great one. There, I could I could go for an hour on some of these stats that are coming out right now, but Kirk Cousins statistically has been really bad under pressure the last two or three years for sure. But really, it's it's been a playing with a quiet mind, as Kevin O'Connell would put it, has been a problem for him. Yesterday, when under pressure, which by the way was forty two percent of dropbacks, so there was at least some pressure in some form on forty two percent of dropbacks. Yep, he was seven of thirteen. For 136 yards, a touchdown, no picks, 10 and a half yards per attempt, and an 85 out of 100 PFF grade. 10 and a half yards per attempt is huge. Yes. And the average depth of throw under pressure, 10 yards down the field. When he was kept clean, the average depth of throw was three yards. And some of that might have been like you're kept clean because it was a quick hitting route, a drag route over the middle, or a designed screen pass or something. Yes. But I love that. Under pressure, and this is the Kurt Warner video we talked about last week. Here comes the pressure. That means something's open up the seam, across the field, and he was magnificent in those situations yesterday. So, all right. We got more. Tomorrow, it's just going to be a continuation of all of this. So uh, we're going to unveil a couple new features on the show tomorrow, too. And don't forget, 
We've got more under the Purple Daily Umbrella. Before We Die with Jesse and Thor. Realistic Randy Rants with Declan. And Trenches with Alex Boone all coming at you here in the next 24 to 48 hours. And if you haven't already, click the subscribe button and the like button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel so we can continue to give you daily Vikings entertainment. We can spread the word about this awesome community of Vikings fans. And Ventline, my God, that was the best season opening Ventline we've had ever. So thank you to everyone. The Vikings with all of the positive vibes here after week one. And we'll see you tomorrow on Purple Daily. Your story. It lives in River City, where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel, where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another, where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave, And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives. With Black Friday Savings at the Home Depot, you can get top brand laundry sets with the latest tech to tackle any mess you might face this holiday. Like automatic fabric and load size detection for spills of any size, from cookies and milk on your favorite holiday sweater, to the toddler of the house discovering just how fun cranberry sauce can be. Make more magic this holiday season. Let your new appliances handle the mess. Shop Black Friday Savings and get up to 30% off, plus instantly save up to $750 on select LG laundry sets at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Offer valid November 2nd through 30th. U.S. only. See store or online for details.